Patroness extended the lead on Gypsy got it. And here's a big one in the Australian Oaks for Elf Patroness to Damien Lane. Won it easily from Gypsy got it. But Knight's Order, brave in the lead. Rachel King rides him right out. Knight's Order holding Shiraz. Dash and Sweet Junior goes to third. But Knight's Order will lead all the way in the Sydney Cup. Think it over, what a ride, Nashville Willow. Nashra Willa, Nashra Willa's day yesterday, the Queen Elizabeth, everyone's talking about that ride. We might be talking about that fine as well during the show because it was a big one for Nash. Uh, it was a very, very, very heavy track there yesterday, boys, but we got through it. We got there in the first place, which was the first uh, um, amazing thing, yep. and then it was so heavy. Yep. I think it's as heavy as I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the last few weeks has been amazing. The track's played well, the ride horses have won. But yesterday it was tired. Mm. Yeah. It was tired. The, the wet trackers were being pulled out of the race. Yep. Uh, there's three or four of them on the day that just couldn't pick their feet up. So I don't think that form we can trust too much going into the future. I think it was just a one-off every 10-year event, I think. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of kickback. Nope. They were just getting right sinking. down into it. They were sinking, yeah. Um, the boys said it was noticeable. You know, Even when Brenton Abdullah walked it before the first, he was, you could just tell in his, his mannerism that it was, um, yeah, it's going to be a long day. And Brenton Abdullah, that early in the day, <laughs> had it in his mind to, at some stage, come down the outside fence. Yep. But he didn't do it before Nash did it. Yeah, I think I heard I heard someone say that they um, Nash threw a spanner in the works, but I think he might have taken a spanner out of his toolbox. toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you do those things, I think you'd know yourself. You've got to be on. It's got to be the horse is got to be travelling at the right time to do that. You've got to still have something left in the tank. It's all right saying you can't do it on a horse that's going nowhere. Yeah, mm. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen the Queen Elizabeth, maybe you might have been watching South Australian Rugby yesterday afternoon. <laughs> uh, here it is. The Queen Elizabeth stakes in full. Darren Flindell. Four million dollars. Stand by for a start. They're ready. And the gates are back now. And they're off and racing. Zaki's left well. Together with Think It Over, Montefiore is very handy. Together with Dallas and Animo quickly speeds through, gets into fifth position. In advance of Very Elegant, then I'm Thunderstruck, Mount Popper, and Dewis has been snagged back to last. Jamie Carr's going to let Zaki roll, and he's going to clear the pack now as they go to the mile crossing, and it's Zaki in front by a length and a half. Think It Over rolls up on the outside, going to second, and Montefiore has landed a very good position third, just being restrained for cover down the outside of Dallas and Two further back to the three-year-old Animo on the outside of I'm Thunderstruck. Further back to Very Elegant, racing alongside Mount Popper. And two and a half lengths away to do us, who'd be about seven or eight lengths off the lead. So it's Zaki in front, leading by three quarters to think it over. Dallas and leaders back third. And one out, one back, Montefiore. They're followed after two lengths then to I'm Thunderstruck, who's getting a pretty good run on the inside of the cold Animo. Further back to Very Elegant, who's about six off the lead on the outside of 
Mount Popper and Dewis is right on the coattails of Very Elegant as they race inside the 1,000 metres now and it's Zaki on top by a half length to think it over. Montefilia is travelling very strongly in third followed by Dallasan. Then came Animo. Very Elegant moves up out wide from I'm Thunderstruck Mount Popper and Dewis once again par keeping his powder dry sits back last. They've got 600 metres to run and it's Zaki in front by a half length to think it over as they start to really up the tempo now. I'm Thunderstruck's improving along the rails. Then came Montefilia. She's trying to pick up. Very Elegant getting wide. Dewis to the outside and Mount Popper back to the rails. Into the straight and Zaki still in front. Think it over's coming to the stand rail. This is interesting. Zaki in front. Think it over coming down the outside fence and they're well cleared from the arrivals at the moment. I'm Thunderstruck. Mount Popper making ground. Zaki in front. Think it over. Can Nash get it home? He's coming right down the outside. Zaki in front. Think it over. Down the stands rail. Lunges. Gets up. Think it over. What a ride. Nash for Willa. In spectacular style. Wins the Queen Elizabeth running down Zaki. It's a ride we're going to be talking about for a long time. A horse. Think it over. We know he's good. We know he's brave. And, and where he's come from. We got to see the very best of him last spring. They, they didn't go to Melbourne for a Cox Plate. Mm. We'll pick off all these rich races in Sydney and pick up a million dollar bonus. But no one had him this good on a heavy track. No one. He's the little Aussie battler. He uh, is. He, he, you know, he, they haven't hid from anything on wet tracks. They could have scratched him three or four times. No, let him run. Yeah. Let him run. <laughs> let him go tough. around. Let him go around. Something might happen. And something did happen yeah. on grand final day. Something big happened. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? Uh, uh, we will be talking about this for a long time. And in a big grand final like this, and he had the, he was so brave for Nash. Well, I suppose it's a lot easier to do when you're on a 40 to one chance. Yes, yes. If he would have done it on a, an even money chance and hit a bit of quicksand out there, they'd still be talking about it another 20 years, the one that got away. Yes. <laughs> so it's easy to give him all the raps now. It could have been a Shane diving yeah, and a cross moment well, if, if it would have been a favourite. A hundred percent right. Yeah. Uh, Corey, uh, Nothing to lose for Nash to do this. There was nothing to lose. Nothing to lose and everything to gain. Like he said, he he actually hadn't gone out and walked it. I thought Nash had gone and walked it, but he, he said, no, i just done the assessment when he was going to the barriers. Um, the race before, he said, I'd trotted down the outside fence to have a bit of a look. Um, and he said it was just so much better out there. He said, I'm not sure what runs along there, whether it's the Gator or something like that. But he said, there's a couple of tyre marks out there where he's, he ventured to, um, but he said it was much better out there when he was trotting down on whatever the horse was that he was going to the start on. But he, he had it in his mind that that's where he was going to try and find better going to help the horse. Geez, you've got to give the second horse credit. He was second up on a testing track and he had a beautiful run in front and rated beautifully. But he, Jamie said she, she, if she, if he saw an, if he could have she could have eyeballed the other horse, he would yeah. have found more. So you've got to give him credit. He's a ripper. I wonder when she actually seen Nash in the corner of her eye because she wouldn't have been expecting anyone no. that wide out, you know. Like, I know she ventured beyond the middle of the track as well, Jamie. Um, but I, I'd, I'd just love to ask her where she actually got sight of Nash and when she caught him. Yeah, well, she definitely hasn't sighted him here and she wouldn't be hearing much no. uh, from here on in. She would have uh, been just counting up the percentages <laughs> from about here. Yeah. And then she would have got a look. Yeah, she's even she dropped would, the yeah the rain there for a while. Dropped the rain there and think I think I'm home here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, hello, what's yeah. this? Uh, she might have thought it was the ambulance down the outside. But uh, amazing. Yeah. What about? Let's talk about these uh, these back markers. The big three in Animo, very elegant and Dewis. 
who were out the back and, and they couldn't they couldn't go. It was it was hard to make ground on the day. It was as simple as that. Yeah. It was just tough going. You know, really, really tough going. And I, I think, like I said, once in a lifetime track for these horses. And I just think we're going to be so so forgiving. You know, of everything that finished back in the field here. Uh, they just didn't handle it. It's as simple as that. Um, Mount Popper, he's even, you know, he was 150 to one chance, but he's probably the best wet tracker in the race. He's plugged into third there. And, and Dadalasan, he's just an honest horse who, who's picked up another big check in his own right. But yeah. Very uh, elegant. I just didn't like how she, the, her head carriage from about the half mile home. I thought um, Jay Mack and um, Nathan Berry got into a, a bit of a duel, you know. Um, I thought J-Mac was trying to hold him in and obviously Tommy trying to get out, but they, they both said no, that wasn't the case. It was just she was wanting to get out off the track. She cocked her head up in the air and just raced ungenerously. Um, but even Animo, you know, I just thought he would chase the line a bit better, but they just yeah. c can't make ground or couldn't they, have made ground. They just, they just give up. Yep. They just give up and it was too hard. She's always had a bit of a high he head carriage, but yep. I see what you're talking about when he just put the shoulder yeah. into it. She, so the head did go up yep. there, but like I say, it's, um, you, you, we could dissect this as much as we like, uh, but you've just got to be very forgiving because we're not going to have these conditions again. No. All right, well, let's go and, um, let's go and hear from uh, Kerry Parker. Uh, Nashua Willa, and we'll also hear from every other jockey in the race. Our plan was to go forward, and it didn't, I didn't care if he snuck away at the thousand, you know. Uh, but Nash had gone to the inside on one earlier, and went, yeah, that's no good there. So he's obviously thought, well, we'll go to the outside this time, and what, what a what a thrill, you know. So what was discussed about that tactic beforehand, seriously? Uh, not so much to go to the outside. That was Nash on his own, you know. Uh, but the the plan was always to to make sure this was generally run. Uh, if if they were anywhere, if I was anywhere near uh, um, very elegant and company at the, at the 600, they were going to beat me home, you know. So uh, my only option was to go out there positive uh, and and let the horse do the work. Just his, you know, rely on his guts and will to win. We've had more rain this week than last week. Uh, we've never seen so much rain, and this horse doesn't like wet tracks. No, well, obviously it's a little bit better on the outside. <laughs> oh, are you proud of him? Oh, very proud of him. Sensational. You know, to, like I said, we, we come here today, I said to the guys, we haven't given up the ghost just because it's wet doesn't mean we can't win. And we know this horse tries so hard, and, uh, and so does Nash, and, mate, the, just the team's just overwhelmed. Brilliant. Yeah, what a horse. He's, uh, yeah, so disappointing. Um, just for the autumn, the way it's panned out with all the all the wet tracks, but, um, you know, those good ones, I can find a way to win, can't they? And uh, I just, it's a funny thing, I, I trotted down the outside fence, going to the barriers, I might have earlier in the day, and I thought, I'll, I'll keep this up in sleep for later, and look, I, I just tracked the car, every time I, I went anywhere near the fence, I just stopped handling it, and even coming down the side there, I was probably slipping off the fence, so we just tried to keep him in clear ground, and then... I thought he was going to run a good second, and then he hit, hit, that, hit that fresh patch of grass, and away he went. What did you think when Zaki, like it had a cheap, easy lead for Jamie Carr, what did you think when she let skip at about the 600? Well, I was, I was still knew I was in the race because I hadn't, I hadn't really had to feel for him. I, I sort of had him, well, I still had him a bit on the bridle, but I knew he was going to give, you know, and he, he's just that sort of horse. You know, even the, even the time before, and it was wetter. He's probably got beaten two lengths by behind um, the great mare, so, you know, just what a wonderful job they've done with this tractor. 
not just be racing, but um, to give it a bloke like mine a chance to win them. Jamie Karzaki. Yeah, massive effort. Um, just a tricky track today, and I reckon if the winner was closer to him, he really would have been in for the dogfight, but he couldn't really see it. Um, but great effort again. Willie Pike, Mount Popper. Oh, really good, uh, nice cheeky run. He, he went fantastic. Chad Schofield, Dallasan. Brave run. He travelled well in the box seat. Oh, yeah. Went Zaki quick and it really dropped me. Um, but to the horse's credit, he kept plugging. Jay's McDonald, very elegant. Yeah, she's tried really hard, just wasn't her day today. Mark Zara, I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, he didn't disgrace himself. Um, looked like being a chance on the turn, but uh, 2,000 metres, heavy 10, probably got the better of him late. Josh Pardewis. Yeah, just getting back a long way in, in such testing ground, it become near impossible to, to reel them in. Hugh Bowman, Montefilia. Too good, Nash. Too good. Tommy Berry, Enemo. Yeah, we had a nice run in transit. He just really didn't handle the track between the 6 and the 400 and lost a lot of confidence at that point and we just didn't pick up after that. What, what, could, what else could you do <laughs> but sum it up as... Forget about what my horse did. Too good, Nash. Too good, Nash. That um, explained everything. Just on Nash... Uh, he used the whip on eight occasions prior to the 100 and the total, in total, 20 strikes, which is more than the total number of strikes permitted under the rule. So his licence was suspended from the 17th of April to the 1st of May and he was fined $40,000, the highest infringement uh, ever handed out. Sounds a lot. Mm. Sounds a lot, but obviously he's had prior. Yeah. He's had priors. Well, he was fined 20000 in the Everest. On Eduardo. Yeah, so obviously they go with those fines. They go on a grid as far as what the prize money of yes. the race is concerned. It doesn't sound as much when you think, oh, well, his commission out of the race is 115, mm. so he's still got 75 left. He's come out in front. He's, he's made money. money. <laughs> yeah, so that's I... still... A, it, it sounds ugly and it'd feel ugly copying mm. it. And, Sarah's uh, birthday next weekend, so I'm not sure she'll be getting a present. Yeah. <laughs> but he's riding so well. He is. He's riding unbelievably well now. Ask him. You know, yeah. just a, <laughs> <laughs> well, the quickest answer he gave you. Yeah, 100% it was. <laughs> Before I even finished asking him. <laughs> I find it interesting, though, that the stewards, they must, they must have to put this in the, um, in the stewards' report because they, they continue to mention that... Uh, they, they announce how many occasions they used the whip. Stewards identified from the inquiry room that Rewilla had used his whip on eight, total of 20, which is more than the total number, when stewards could not be comfortably satisfied that Think It Over had gained an advantage that resulted in it winning the race, uh, they declined to exercise their powers oh. and did not proceed with a formal protest. That would have now, been popular, wouldn't it? Well, I don't, I don't know how many times that has been written, but I think it's just there as a template. A legal, must insert, be a legal thing. Inserted yeah. into the stewards' report because, I mean, it, it has been exercised, but certainly not here in Sydney. No, I don't know whether we... It, yeah, I think the rules are going to be changed, but... Mm. Um, yeah, look, obviously... And the, the, you can come back to the case. When we're on these testing tracks and these staying races, these horses need a lot more riding before the 100 metre mark. Yeah, correct. Because otherwise they're out of play. Yep. And especially when you walk in front, they're running 13 and a half for the first 600 metres of that race. It's less, it's three quarter pace. Yep. And then all of a sudden the pressure comes on. Sometimes you need to urge these horses more, be, that's more longer. importantly between the 1,000 and the, four, the, three, and yep. the 600 to keep them in touch. Yep. Not, not so much the last not 100. So, yeah, well, you saw the last 100 there. He was hardly moving on him, really. He was backhanded him. It, uh, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a funny one. The management of this horse, the training alone, but the management of this horse by Kerry Parker, 
he resisted that urge to go to Melbourne to try and have a crack at a Cox Plate, which you know might come around once in a lifetime yeah. for a trainer. He stayed. What did he win? He won the Chelmsford. This was last spring. He won the Chelmsford, the Hill, the Craven, the Rose Hill Gold Cup. A lot of money, but then a million dollar bonus on top of that. And Ronnie, he now goes to seven million dollars in overall prize money, courtesy of another two point three million that jumped in yesterday. Mm. A marvellous story, and, and, and Kerry's handled him so well, and he's he's cool, calm, and collected. He's win, very lose, casual, isn't he? Win, lose, or draw, yeah. he's cool, calm, and collected. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't feel any pressure looking no. at him. Uh, so he's got to. He leaves that to Nash. He'll leave that to Nash. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to um, talk more about so you think the sire of uh, Think It Over because there's more of the story to tell coming up with three Group 1 wins. Uh, who have we got next? Todd Pollard, who was representing Annabelle Nishan with Zaki. Oh, it was super, it was brave as anything. It's uh, pretty devastating, obviously, but beaten by a great ride, but it's just, uh, yeah, he's such an honest horse. He probably didn't love the track conditions today, but he, uh, yeah, he really fought hard. And the get back to third really shows um, how impressive he was uh, without winning the race. So. Yeah, it's disappointing for the horse connections and everyone involved, but um, that's racing and yeah, he's still run very, very well in a great race. Amazing race, as you said, the winner heading to the outside and it was a good choice. Yeah, exactly. The tactics uh, won the race, but full credit to that horse as well. Think it over such a champion. He's, uh, he's pretty tough and tenacious every run he puts in as well. And he was an outsider today, but he probably didn't deserve to be, but um, shows how strong the race was. Um, obviously, it's a shame that it wasn't on a bit of surface for even some of the horses that uh, went poorly and behind because it was such a uh, fantastic race and it would have been great to see these horses uh, and hopefully they do clash again and yeah, see, see how, uh, who comes out on top the next time. Maybe it's a discussion for right at the end of the season so everyone can get their head around it but the horse of the year is going to be interesting now. You know when I was thinking of that last week the, you think you look at your nature strips and you're very elegant and, and, and there's been a few more that have you know Dewis, Dewis mm -hmm. she's won a couple of big ones mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's a team of them there yeah. Animo yeah mm. uh, there's two or three or well, look look at look at the divisions and we'll work back so you got very elegant at the at the top of the wait for age tree um, Melbourne Cup goes a long way um, and, and Dewis who's won an Australian Cup a Tancred um, you look at the three-year-old Hitotsu and what he's done, and Animo. Yep. What happens if Fireburn wins the Triple Crown yeah. and, and keeps this streak going? I mean, it, she, she's going to do something on Saturday if she wins the Champagne that hasn't been done for 30 years. The last filly to win the Triple Crown was Burst in 92. Mm. Can you believe it's that long ago? I reckon yeah. she can do it as well. And she can do it. Yeah. Well, she's an odds-on favourite to do it. Yeah. So, so it, you, you, all of a sudden, and this never happens. It hasn't happened for a long time. You've got in every two-year-old, three-year-old, wait for age, you've got horses that must be considered as genuine horse of the year contenders. It's going to be very controversial. It will be. No matter who gets the nod. So that's the... Uh, and, and I don't know what the Brisbane Carnival can throw up because of those horses we've mentioned, I don't think any of them will, will venture to Queensland. Mm. Uh, Rightio, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it was Rachel King's Sydney Cup for Gay and Adrian up next. All right, just before the uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, the Sydney Cup was run. 
and it was Knight's Order leading all of the way for Gay and Adrian and Rachel King, uh, her first Sydney Cup and just her second career Group 1. Yeah, amazing. And she rated this horse beautifully. We should have really realised by this stage it was a big advantage being on pace and this was the only leader in the race and he held all the aces and he capitalised on them. It's as simple as that. He, he ticked off every single box. A good mudlark, which didn't really... Um, some of them didn't handle it yesterday, but he got into his rhythm. Uh, Rachel quickened at the right time. He's a Brisbane Cup winner, proven it two mile. And they tell me Rachel's mum was there yesterday to see her ride, I think for the yeah. first time in Sydney. She arrived on Friday. Uh, so that story was kept a bit quiet. And, and well, there was royalty everywhere in Sydney yesterday. We had kings. Uh, <laughs> we had Princess Anne at the show. And there was a big rumour that she was coming to Royal Randwick for the Queen Elizabeth and for Chalkstream. I don't think she turned up. We had cameras everywhere looking for... She was too busy out there Princess the bag, Royal. The so. bag with dogs. <laughs> yeah, maybe we, you know, we were looking, we were looking for a princess. We, we should have been looking for a king. Exactly. And look at that. They're just out on their feet, some of these horses. And that's only the second wave there. There's another wave behind that pack. Uh, at the end of two mile, it was a real test, but all honours with the winner. Second horse, he's a nice horse, Shiraz. He got galloped on two in the run. Mm -hmm. So whether you want to make an excuse for him there, you possibly can. Uh, Daquian Sweet Jr., he's been really good all the way through. He's been uh, terrific um, going right through the, uh, the year, really, uh, running well. What do we want to say? Future score was good and La Boule was good and they just, uh, some of them horses out there back, they were yeah, just, just never in just the race. eased out of the race yeah. because uh, they weren't competitive and they were out on their feet. And that's it. There ended the lesson, really. Yeah, yeah really. What, what more can you say? No. Nothing. Nothing. Don't horses run for Rachel King. They're just, it's, it's another one of those well, Gay and Adrian, you know, educated riders, you know, Timmy Clarks, great on front running horses, love to keep the flow of the race going. Um, but she went through a bit of a rough patch there about six months ago, Rach. She wasn't getting great opportunities, but um, good to see her capitalise on the one yesterday. It was good, good to see. Let's go and hear from uh, Adrian Bott, who was so delighted to, uh, to win a Sydney Cup. Uh, Rachel King, and then we'll also get to the beaten jockeys, and I think you'll hear a very similar theme uh, through that recording. Fantastic feeling. Um, yeah, we had a great bunch of owners here involved in this horse. They, um, I think they really enjoyed that win, so very satisfying to be able to deliver that for them. To lead all the way in the Sydney Cup over this testing ground is no mean feat either. Yeah, look, he, he loved the conditions, um, you know, so I was really confident with him coming in regards to that. He's had a, had a great lead up building, building towards a, you know, this particular race. He's had sort of plenty of miles. He's, he's proven over the two miles before Brisbane Cup winners. So he's confident on a lot of fronts there. Uh, just needed things to go our way in the race. And when Rachel was able to dictate in the way that she did, it was a really calculated ride by her. So she's got to take a lot of credit for that. She was able to um, give him every, every, every chance and opportunity from there and he was uh, too strong. Rachel had a lot to do with your stable in the early days so she must have dreamt about winning a group one for Tullock Lodge. Yeah look I, I'm sure she, she she has along the way she's you know over the years put so much hard work into the stable as well so you know glad we're able to reward her with, with a group one win. Tell us more about this horse. He's just a great stayer. He, he, he well and truly is. You know, obviously perched out of, out, out of Europe. You know, they, they've obviously got the superior staying bloodlines coming down here. But uh, he was purchased out of there about two years ago. So he's taken, you know, taken sort of good 12 months to acclimatise. But I think we saw the potential there uh, with his win in the Brisbane Cup. Uh, might have been too quick of a turnaround for him into the spring. He didn't quite come up. But off a good back, off a good break, he, he was able to sort of really come here on, on fresh legs this campaign. And 
Yeah, we've been able to see what, he, what he's able to do when he gets the conditions to suit. Were you confident or nervous when Shiraz was on your back, looking looking like he was going to be strong? Yeah, well and truly. Um, you know, he's sort of putting the pressure on us early, but I was I was confident with the work we'd done with the horse. The, the section was was able to get through out when Rachel was starting to quicken um, and doing so nicely. I was I was pretty confident um, from from that point. I just said he's the nicest horse ever to ride over 3200 and. Look, to get one for Gay is, means a lot, definitely. Um, you know, she's been such a huge supporter of mine and been apprenticed to her for so long. It's just fantastic to get one for Gay and Adrian and the team. When did you start to get confident? Yeah, she started towing me into it from the fouls and I thought, you know, I know he's fit and he'll just keep staying and it was only if something was going to have a slightly better turn of foot and I tried to sort of take that out of the equation from the half mile by keep stepping him up and like I said the horse was just beautiful to ride. Craig Williams, uh, Shiraz? Yeah, um, Chris was in the stable was so bullish about this horse through his preparation being he'll run a, his benchmark best here in Australia and, and he did. We just had one that was too fast for us today on the, the, today's conditions but what uh, Shiraz showed me today that he's only going to improve from his second preparation in Australia so onwards and upwards and look out for the spring for Shiraz. Kieran McAvoy, Dijon Sweet Junior. Yeah great run. He handled the ground well. We just got posted without any cover which wasn't ideal but got into a lovely rhythm presented at the top of the lane and ran on really well. Tio Nugent, future score? Uh, super run by the old boy. He uh, keeps delivering. Um, jumped out. We had a beautiful run in behind Willie Pike and uh, he gave me a beautiful ride today. Uh, he was all out with 200 to go, but he just kept finding for me and um, he's going well, the old fella. Louise Day Labelle. Super run, kept fighting all the way to the line. Just a couple in front are just too far gone. Taylor Schiller, Cup Fever. He was great today. He's outdone himself and I thought he was a great run. Alicia Collett, Stockman. He's got too far back. It's hard to make ground today. Jimmy and a sweet Thomas. Look, he had a beautifully, uh, beautiful running transit and had to get around a few slower ones, but I thought he was going to work into a really nice position, not be too far off him in the placings, but um, he got hampered, had a crucial part. Jamie Carr, Crystal Pegasus. Uh, they just went way too slow for him and um, he pulled too hard. Robbie Dole and Lunces. It was too heavy for him. Jay Ford, no compromise. Yeah, found a good spot, travelled well, but he failed to run the 32. Fred Kersley, Alaka Hunt. Take two. Uh, look, he was good. He probably just travelled a touch again in the blinkers. Cathy O'Hara, Shawfire. Hey, I just struggled in that going today. He's probably good on a wet track, but that's a bit too heavy for him. You know, going from a, a 2 forward to the 32, he just found it a bridge too far. Damien Thornton, Chalkstream. Uh, disappointing. Willie Pike, Angel of Truth. Yeah, once I didn't step clean, it was game over. Andrew Gibbons, South Pacific. Yeah, give me a lovely ride, but once this week we're on at 1,000, they just left me flat-footed. Brock Ryan, does do that? Yeah, he just didn't see out that trip today. Hugh Bowman, the chosen one? Not today. Dean Holland, Tiger Tiger? It was just no, no good this way of going. He sort of laid out the whole way and never got around the corners. Chantelle Buckley, she's got the worst job on the race course, <laughs> talking to everyone who didn't win. All those angry She's going to grab Willie by the back of the silks and say, you sit here and talk to me for a little bit longer. <laughs> Gay would. Hey, yeah, Gay would right. like. Did you like doing that? Did no, you like no, doing that? No. 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 You're All those angry little men. You were angry. You're an angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the part owners of Knight's Order, John Lindsay. Unbelievable and magic ride, absolutely perfectly rated. Um, Rachel just did it perfectly. Couldn't have ridden it better myself. You've come from far and wide to be here. Yeah, came from Perth, yeah. I've been, uh, had some horses with Gay for a while, had Rock Kingdom, which won the Epsom here in 2009. So uh, wonderful to uh, experience the, uh, an important occasion again by uh, being lucky in the uh, Sydney Cup. That's a great history. Obviously, Gage, her enthusiasm is infectious. I guess if you own a horse with a once, you're probably going to back up. Well, she's unbelievable. She does a great job. You know, a professional unit, great staff, uh, very good with the communications and so forth. And uh, 
Yeah, and you know they they just uh, get the horses up at the right time. So um, yeah, magnificent feeling and and worth the trip. Uh, for Gay and Adrian together as a combination, that was 15 uh, Group 1 wins. Uh, so Gay now, uh, in her career, she goes to 149. Mm. 134 before Adrian joined and 15 on top of that. Here is Philip Stokes with Deshaun Sweet Jr. He's um, done us proud and um, he just keeps improving this horse and um, ran well today. He's burst out of benchmark class recently and ended up with an Adelaide Cup, now third in the Sydney Cup. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, look, he, he runs the trip. There's no problems there. Um, he can go in any conditions. Uh, so we'll take him home now and we're going to have a lot of fun with him over the spring and who knows, let's dream towards a Melbourne Cup. Rightio, uh, that is two group ones down. When we come back, the Australian Oaks. Now we go to the uh, Oaks, and this was a win for Danny O'Brien. He'd won a derby with Shamrocker. Now he's got an Oaks. Of course, Shamrocker was a filly winning the derby. Uh, here's his Oaks with El Patroness, and it was Damien Lane. And how easy was mm. this win? It was never going to get beat. Unbelievable. You wouldn't think it was a 25 to 1 chance. Watched it through from probably about the 700, and it never lost the bridle for one stride. Um, he's just a quiet achiever, Damien Lane. He's, he's, he's won all the big ones, bar the, the Melbourne Cup, and you, you barely know he's in the jockey's room, or you know he's in the race. He's, he's a trouble-free rider. He, he never seems to find trouble, but just, a, just an absolute gun jockey. He's a, he's a, a, a champion rider. Mm. We forget the success he's had in Japan and around the world. And we just take him for granted. He, yeah. You know, he's a he's a he's a he's a good toiler. Yeah. Um, and he, he's one of our best. Mm. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Uh, to, to to achieve what he's done, and he's not, he's still young. He's still young. How many Group Ones do you reckon he's won, Ronnie? I I, I couldn't guess. I could not guess how well, many he's. He'd won. be up around the thirty now. Well, he's not. Well, we've got him down as twenty-four. We've got him down as twenty-four. Is that in Australia or? No, that's or, worldwide. Okay. If, if they're official worldwide. Yeah. Um, if they're official international group ones, that would count at 24. But he's a young man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's still a, got the. He's an outstanding rider, and he's what one away from a Grand Slam. Yep, one away from the Grand Slam. And he, well, I mean, the year that he rode all the winners, he could have rode the four in. Well, he didn't ride the Melbourne Cup winner, but he rode the other three in one in one season. Mm, yeah. So that would have been a big achievement. Yep. Uh, look, a real on pace race, wasn't it? Uh, one, two, three, four, pretty well the whole yep. way. And uh, Gypsy Goddess was ridden closest. She reacted nicely to it. Uh, hinged, tried hard, had a chance. Gin Martini put herself on the speed and and stayed well. But Honey Creeper, I thought was a good run. But she was the best from the yeah, back, wasn't she? Yeah, she was the only horse really all day uh, in the Group Ones that made decent ground. That I thought. Yeah, that's another one. You know, we can blab on about it all and the, the disappointments and whatever, but. It just turned into one of those days where hard to make up ground and uh, another very a surprise result because there was no real evidence of a handling wet, mm. which happened a few times yesterday, but she didn't miss a beat and looked very good. Into that first turn, it was it got very tight there, Corey, and they had, I don't know how many jockeys they had in the room at yeah. one time, and I think the only outcome of all that in the first turn was Exercise Brent, care. Brenton was reprimanded. Mm. 
uh, on Hinge coming in on, um, well, Commando Drift was hampered when, by Hinge, but that was it. I thought, yeah. um, I think Pike might have been looking. Well, I thought, yeah, Pike was on the outside. I thought yeah. he was sort of putting the pressure on them. I viewed it from the winning post, obviously, first time. Um, but yeah, they were, I heard actually a couple of the interviews, the stewards' interviews, and they were, they were sort of pointing the finger at, definitely pointing the finger at Abdullah mm. rather than Willie yeah. Pike. You usually blame the bloke outside all the way <laughs> exactly. up. Like, your last man well, standing that, the bloke that, on the outside, that, that's isn't it? You Especially in. when you're getting around that bend for the yeah. first time. Yeah. No, it was the bloke outside. Unfortunately, they have the helicopter on the big <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, That's yeah. the worst shot in the world as a jockey, mate. As soon as they, you think you're getting away with it and then they say, oh, we've have got one more shot, we've got a chopper shot. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> got me. Yeah, exactly. They had a busy day. I got paper. Oh. The stewards reports. It went on forever. They'll ask, they'll he, ask for a pay rise. The, the stewards started early. They had. Um, who did they have in after the first? Oh, Tommy Cameron. Sherry. Uh, uh, who was it? Tommy Sherry. Uh, Tommy Sherry. Tommy Sherry was in there for half an hour. <laughs> they were terrorising him. They were nothing. He's like, they're in a good old mood here today. <laughs> there was a few cages being rattled. Um, I think if there was any problem in one of the races, our helicopter was grounded. Air traffic control grounded our chopper for about race four or five, I yeah. think it was. So if there was any problem in that race, they, they would have escaped. They got away with it. Uh, let's have a look at... Um, uh, Danny O'Brien wasn't there yesterday. But uh, we caught up with Damien Lane and also the beaten jockeys. It worked out well for me because it's just that touch, more genuine paper than, uh, sorry, more genuine tempo than I thought they'd be on paper and it suited her, it helped her get into a good rhythm and uh, she was too strong at the end. You locked the winner a long way out? Yeah, I travelled so sweetly, got in between a couple on the corner and she just took me through the run and uh, you're never quite sure here at Randwick because it's a long way down to the winning post, especially on heavy ground, but she always felt like she was sustaining her gallop. How is that track holding up? Yeah, look, it's, it's on the better side of bottomless, but um, <laughs> it's holding together well under the circumstances. Willie Pint, Gypsy Goddess. A really good effort. Um, she handled the change of tactics really well. Just found one that I think handled the condition a bit better and zipped a bit better off the spot than us, but game effort, held on for second. Robbie Dolan, Gin Martini. Very proud of her. She jumped really well from the gates and was able to set a nice tempo in front and she gave a good kick up the running. Brett and Avdala hinged. Yeah, she tried really hard. She felt, you know, a bit flat with me there before the bend, but to her credit, she rallied hard, but great prep for her. Mark Zara, Biscayne Bay. Yeah, ran well, tried hard. Hugh Bowman, Honey Creeper. Uh, she tried really hard, but true staying test on the back up was too much for her. Damien Oliver, Lavilli. She ran really well. She kept finding the line, loved the ground, and um, yeah, it was a good run. John Allen, uh, Secret Glamour. Yeah, I thought she acquitted herself quite well and ran as good as she could. James McDonough, Pink Ivory. Yeah, nice filly. She's going to be one for the next prep, but she's just probably all come a bit soon for her. Nash, will, will uh, hope in your heart? Yeah, look, she's very honest. Um, she's a real heavy ground. Went against her today, but she was she, she ran nice. Brock Ryan, youthful. Tried really hard, but she's probably just six months off. Alicia Collett, Charity Spirit. Yeah, she had a tough run. Craig Williams, more recently. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the best from her today. I think she'll strengthen up and be better for this preparation. Grant Buckley, Velvet Lady. Yeah, no, super run. She's, um, you know, she's come a, lot, a long way in a short career, and I just think um, next prep, and she probably didn't get through that ground so well. Fred Kersley, Commando Drift. She's outclassed. Okay, so there's the uh, the jockeys from the uh, the Oaks. Uh, for Danny O'Brien, 22nd uh, career group one. And for Damien Lane, it was 24. Uh, what about this filly gypsy goddess? Only a seventh start, and she's only ever been beaten twice, and that was in a, in a vinery in an Oaks, and she was gallant in both of them. So a future looks bright for her, doesn't Very it? Very bright. Yeah. She hasn't been over-raced, mm. and she's a filly that you, you, 
you know, you can start her off in a mile race and sometimes it helps them get through a prep, but she hasn't, she's in, going to get better as she gets older for sure. David Van Dyke caught up with Greg Pritchard. Super run, she did a great job. Willie rode her well, uh, surprised with the pace she showed out of the gates, but um, she, got a, she got away with some cheap sectionals down the back there and uh, I thought she was gone at the 300. I, I didn't think she'd run on, but she picked herself up Works strong to the line, and the best horse won the race. I don't think whatever happened, we would have beaten it. What does the future hold? Oh, I don't know. I'll see how she pulls up, and we'll go from there. But, I mean, the only two defeats she's had are both at Group 1 level, so she's a top filly. She sure is. Uh, so now we move on to our final Group 1 of the afternoon. There were four of them. This is the Queen of the Turf Stakes. Matt Smith had won four Group 1s prior to this. Uh, but never won in Sydney. They'd all been in Victoria. Three with Fierce Impact and one with Hurdle Myrtle. This was his Sydney Group 1. So he went to five and Oliver went to 127. Yeah, amazing. Um, she's been a really good, honest mare and she travelled beautifully, obviously, in the conditions yesterday and deserved a win. So I thought Anna Visto did a really good job first, uh, well, at the mile, a testing mile, which I thought she may just struggle with, but she didn't throw it away at all. Yeah. Ice Bath, well, there she is, another big placing, and she had to come from back in the field, one of only a few that did it on the day. And like I said, there, there's horses there that love the wet. Look at Colette, one of the best wet trackers in the land. She, she can't pick her feet up. Get out of her own road. Got to be 40 lengths. Mm. Uh, so what can you say? Um, this, the, the, the talk was that um, Damien went past George Moore and all, all these records. Everyone's got different records these days because mm. obviously they've counted up George Moore's old wins from if they turned into group ones. Yeah, and some, yeah. some have got different numbers to other people. a little bit unfair too because there's races that jockeys have won and the races have been downgraded to like a group two or something. Like the Brisbane Cup there for a long while went yeah. back to a group two and changed distance. Yeah. So it's a little bit unfair. I think, yeah. you know, if they were to do a count back like that. What about the jockeys who have uh, ridden a Group 2 and the following year yeah, it, goes up. it goes up to a Group 1? Yeah. That's right. Courtesy of the, the wonderful record that that race builds up over yeah. time, but it's not counted as a Group 1. See, George Moore never rode a Group 1 winner, officially. Yeah. They were right. principal races, so it's all subjective, and I'm not bagging the mm. people who have put it together because it's, um, it's a consensus, and someone had to go back and try and get the figures as close as possible. Um, but we don't need figures to tell us that George Moore was a champion. I never got to see George Moore ride, but I know he's a champion because everyone mm. tells me he is and That's I can it. watch videos. But for Damien Oliver, he has ridden 127 Group 1s. The correct weight. For correct him. weight. Correct there's weight. no, there's no consensus, right. there's no subjectivity. He is on that figure. Yeah, Whereas yeah. George Moore, you've got to go back and really try and make it all up. Yeah. Yep. In the end. He's an so, absolute legend. Honestly, I would have suggested he went past the, the record ages ago. ago. Yeah. And he'll continue to go on. The, the, next, the next couple of jockeys that are approaching, well, Huey Bowman's over 100, so he's closest to, to, to Damien Oliver. And then you've got, well, Nash, uh, Kieran, Nash, and of course, McDonald's getting there yeah. quicker than anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going very quickly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. Yeah, it's, um, so are we counting him as an Aussie now? or? Uh, well. McDonald? <laughs> yeah. For the moment. <laughs> for the moment. When it suits us. <laughs> when it suits us. Like, like, like him when it suits him. Yeah, when it suits yeah, him. Exactly. But they, yeah, but they don't, they don't relinquish their, 
their uh, All Black status. You know, they they oh, always yeah. cheer for the All Blacks, yeah, even yeah. though they That's count themselves as Aussies most of the yeah. time. They refuse to cheer yeah. for the Wallabies. It's always about the All Blacks. Mm. Um, Anything else on? Not really, but I'm just happy for Matt. I, I, that shocked me that he hadn't trained a Group One winner in Sydney because you know he's he's a big time. He gets yeah. his horses so right on the day, mm. and um, and uh, we'll talk about so you think in the minute in a in a moment as well with those big three. But um, yeah, very happy for for Matt. All right. Well, here was uh, Matt Smith, Damien Oliver, and all the other jockeys. I said to Damien in the paddock before the race, I said, I think it's about time we won one in Sydney, and and. Uh, he was confident and I knew the mare was right, so I just need a bit of luck in running. And It's a tough race, but uh, she's a good mare. She toughed it out today. She's been so honest all throughout her career. She has. She raced really well in Melbourne last prep, a fourth in a group one there, and wasn't beaten far. And uh, So we knew she's right up with these mares. It's just a matter of getting conditions right, and she handled the track well today, so it's a good win. And that's all you were really hoping for, that she could get through it today? Yeah, like, uh, you have a mare like this, you, as a trainer, you, you want to be winning a group one with her if you can, but sometimes they don't. But um, today it just all went to plan. He got the right run behind the speed and she was strong, strong to the line. Haven't been making up a lot of ground, so I want to be a bit more productive from the start, from a good draw, hold a position. This mare, she's always very consistent around the place, but found it hard to win, but she loved the conditions today. Travelled really good in the box seat and gave me a great kick. Were you surprised that she accelerated so well on the wet track? Coming to the turn, I, I knew I was going pretty good. I hope it just—I uh, was hoping it just transitioned into uh, what I was feeling. You know, um, the winner gave the leader gave a good kick, but I always felt I was going better than it. Rachel King and Avisto. Uh, yeah, really super run. I don't think she's in love with a heavy track, but very honest. Karen McAvoy, Ice Bath. Yeah, great run by her again. Um, just got a little squeeze at the start, but she travelled really well throughout. Picked up gallantly as we know she can, and yeah, she was a very brave to run third. John Allen, Yonce. Yeah, look, she's run a good race. Um, I followed the winner. When I got off its back, I was going to offer a bit more than what I did, but she was still good and honest to the line. Hugh Bowman, promise of success. I was really pleased with her. Tim Clark, Van Gillick. Yeah, she's brave as always. Probably a, a mile in those conditions really um, see her, sees her out. Regan Bayless, never been kissed. Yeah, she appreciated being um, ridden quiet, but her more preferred ground is um, on top of the ground, and when she can get that sort of maybe going to Adelaide or in the spring, that's more her... Um, preference. Jamie Carr, Lighthouse. Yeah, she got a lovely run. Um, she just had a pretty big prep and she was uh, very tired today running on those tracks uh, every week. Tommy Berry, Steinem. Yeah, look, she struggled in the ground, but she was going in defeat. Damien Lane, Quantum Mechanic. Just couldn't travel or get into the race uh, on the conditions here today. Craig Williams, Barb Raider. Uh, unfortunately, um, she tried really hard, but um, to no avail because she didn't enjoy the heavy track conditions today. Brock Ryan, Lalude. Had a tough run in transit and couldn't finish off. Brenton Abdella, fangirl. She just struggled in the ground. I was beaten a long way out. Jace McDonald, Colette. No, I just wasn't in the mood. Wasn't in the mood. <laughs> he wasn't or she wasn't? No, she wasn't. <laughs> oh, right. She wasn't. And I think there might have been a slow recovery. It would have been perhaps something. Yeah. A rough day, Godolphin. Late in the day, they had some nice chances. Yeah, they railed right off the lot of them. Um, your head's going to be spinning doing the form on, on for the backup horses. Or any horse that comes out of that meeting, how are you going to approach it? <laughs> I don't know. You know, some horses are going to take a effect from it. And, mm -hmm. uh, as a commentator or form student, you you bet each way. You know, you say, oh, these backup horses, they're flying. If they win them, yeah. they get beat on you. Maybe she had too hard a run. Too hard a run. <laughs> <laughs> you cover all bases. Yes, but you've got to get to that point first yes. and, and produce a set of tips, which is going to do your head in, whether it's going to be an advantage backing up out of that track mm. into another heavy. And how heavy is the track going to be next week? The, the forecast is nowhere near. Yeah, it's, not, uh, it's not going to be that heavy. No. No. 
Um, and I don't think a lot of horses will back up, to tell you the truth. Mm. Nimalee might. She might run in an all-aged. I don't know. Has anyone found another sire to have sired three Group 1 winners on the same card? Okay, no. Someone may come up with one. I can't think of it. No. Worldwide, it might be a worldwide search we need to go on. Yeah. Uh, but so you think, produce three Group 1 winners. Oh, by the way, just back to um, the, the Oaks. The other sire of a Group 1 winner was Seamus Award. Danny O'Brien... Uh, trained the sire Seamus Award of El Patroness and he bred El Patroness. Yes. But the other three Group 1 winners on the day were all by So You Think. Mm. Amazing effort. And I think he may have went past I'm Invincible for the season prize money honours, which obviously on a big day. Yeah. Uh, but that's still a battle royale, mm. but um, a marvellous achievement. A marvellous day out. And, and, and rightfully so, that horse is already in the Hall of Fame. We don't have to worry about getting him into the Hall of Fame. He's already there, mm. courtesy of not only what he did here in Australia, but overseas as well. Amazing yeah, horse. And uh, do you rode against him? You beat him in? Uh, I beat him in the Emirates last day of the Spring Carnival. Yeah. On? All American. All American. Yeah. Remember it vividly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Popular I, result. I sided bossy up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, capped off a good week for me. Yeah, that, that was your big week, wasn't it? Yeah. What was that? Shocking. Shocking. Um, Arapaho miss. No, no. no? Um, Monaco, Monaco console. console. Yeah, Monaco console, and yeah, all American. Yeah. Derby Cup Emirates. Yep. Corey Brown. What happened in the Oaks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to a break. Here's Say You Think. At the 600, Say You Think by a neck to more joy, is sipping right there third, but under extreme pressure. Then RV Ennis followed by shootout, Captain Sonador, who begot you still a long way back. Around the turn, Say You Think by a length. More Joyous is trying a hard out, but she can't go with him. Then came zipping Arvi in a shootout. Who be got you? So you think with a big lead around the turn. Three in front from More Joyous zipping. Who be got you? Flashing home on the outside. But so you think is three in front. Who be got you? Ran to second from zipping. But so you think wins his second. So you think first. A length and a half. Zipping came back. He grabbed second. A half head in front of Who be got you? Shootout four. Then came More Joyous Arvi in as Captain Sonador. Trusting Wall Street and Lunyet forever as last at his tenth start. He wins his second Cox Plate. Bart's done it again. Stephen Arnold did everything right. So you think, on the verge of championship status. Okay, let's go uh, backtracking a bit. Let's go back to the third. It was the Polytrack Provincial Midway Championships. For the first time, uh, Midway trainers were involved in this series, but it was the provincial trainers that came out on top. Chris Lee's first and third. Tracy Bartley separated that pair. What a finish coming up here, and it was Kinlock. And he's, uh, Chris is, well, he's been, I think he's been gelded this preparation and it's really turned him around. He's gone bang, bang, winning the heat and now the final. Uh, they went along pretty quick here. They've crawled home and, and uh, Nash, who, who won the Nathan Berry medal um, with his points yesterday. So there's another feather in his cap because uh, uh, they love to win that award, the boys. And 
Kiss Some took forever to wind up and would have won in a couple more bounds. French Marine at any old price has run the race of his life. I think there's a certainty in the run there, Rustic Steel. Oh, I've never seen a horse yeah. travel so well. I thought the same thing, Ronnie. He travelled up like he was going to put him to the sword. And once Nash got off his back, Nash rolled through the lawn really well. But I, I was the same. I, I thought he was the winner when when Huey presented him. He just didn't let down in that real heavy track because he travelled like he was going to win by four lengths. So I'm not sacking him if there's another grand final for him. Um, what else do you want to say? Um, just handled the going well, well set up, and, and Chris obviously read him well not to give him another run in between runs. But never, uh, never talk, never found the bridle. No. Traction slow away. Um, Damien give it give it a good shove, but never never actually hit the bridle and travelled. Still run, still run an incredible race, but just never never travelled through that going. No, it's uh, like testing conditions, but yeah, it's a good song concept. The right horse has made the final and. And uh, it was a competitive race, there's, there's no doubt about it. Chris qualified seven horses for seven different groups of owners. There you for go. Seven different groups of owners. It might be one trainer, but uh, Australian Bloodstock had two, but even those ownership groups are different. different. Exactly. They race in the same colours, but they're a different group of owners. So I'd hate to think, I'd, I wouldn't ask him to count up how many individual owners were represented in those seven horses. Yeah. But for the fourth time, he won the provincial final. Yeah, I, I thought Rustic Steel looked sweet in the run. You give him a perfect ride and he presented at the right time. And um, I could see French Marine trying hard underneath them. And at the finish, I actually thought, kiss some coming over the top of him and beat us. <laughs> um, um, really good to, to win for these connections. Um, they put a lot of money into racing both here and New Zealand. So. It's great to have a winner for him on a big day. It's a mixture of uh, some great owners for you. Yeah, look, he was a promise, promising horse all along. Um, just lost his way a bit, as Colts can do, and uh, kindly they made the, the, the wisely they made the right decision to, to geld him, and he's come back a, a much smarter horse. French Marine was the big outsider. Yeah. He was 100 to one. I said to Timmy, "You'll run." He's just such a tough little horse. You know, he's probably outgraded, but he'll get through the ground and give you a sight. To his credit, he relaxed really good in the run and. Sort of able to uh, just stalk outside the, the stable mate there, and um, fortunately for me, he sort of pulled pulled out to make his run, sort of five fifty six hundred from home, and basically uh, was able to suck up the, behind him as long as I could then, and um, yeah, have a only a narrow margin, probably winning the race. Karen McAvoy, kiss some. Yeah, very good run. When he got to the outside, he really powered late. Only need another four strides and he would have got there. Tim Clark, French Marine. Yeah, he toughed it out really well on speed. Hugh Bowman, Rustic Steel. Uh, he ran a great race. Just delighted with him. Jace McDonald, great news. Yeah, she was brave. I was really happy with her run. Damien Oliver, never talk. She ran well. She was just off the bit a fair way from home chasing and her best part was probably close to the line after the line and uh, probably just feel like she wants a little bit further at that tempo. Tom Sherry, Astero. Yeah, uh, terrific run. He had a perfect spot. He just struggled a little bit later in the ground. Tommy Berry confessed. Yeah, no, she was very gallant. She went on well. Craig Williams, Papali. Yeah, she was courageous today. She hated the ground, and unfortunately, that's the reason why she finished where she did, but she still tried. Regan Bayless, Trevest. Yeah, that ground was a bit testing for him. Willie Pike. That uh, wasn't her day. What was that? Hey? Uh -huh. I didn't hear her. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that was the provincial uh, final. Uh, oh, Tracy Bartley, re kissed some. Yeah, he just needed a. Probably get out of stride earlier, but he just the, the winner actually held him in there just in a in a sticky spot for that other furlong, you know, and he just kept trying to get out, 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 but he couldn't get out. Then when they do get out, you're left to do your sums. You probably knew it was going to come up just short. Yeah, I, I, he'd done a great job to get as close as he did. I thought he might run fourth, you know, 
uh, but the last little bit he just launched, didn't he? So obviously looking for a mile, uh, but we'll sit down and work that out with the owners where he goes. But um, uh, the horse is flying, so uh, no, we're uh, unlucky. Strad brake still a, st- a solid option? Yeah, definitely, because uh, you're going to strike a wet track, no weight. He maps to run in a race like that for sure. And Barossa Rosa? Yeah, she just weakened out of it late. She's probably never been on it that heavy. That's just bottomless, you know. So, uh, no, nothing wrong with her. You know, I'll make sure she pulls up all right. But uh, on face value of it, yeah, she's disappointing. Well, he won a Stradbroke with a three-year-old, Sniper's Bullet. So yeah. he's going to try and go back there and do it again. He's, he's always got a nice horse, yeah. hasn't he, Trace? He's, he's always been a great been trainer, but he's always got a good sort of handy horse. Mm. Well, that um, I think that race but with the Provincial and also the race that he won, the Four Pillars, uh, they're going to be two races that all the, the Four Pillars particularly will grow into something even yeah. bigger uh, now that we've got that race on um, at, the, at the end of the Spring Carnival. When we come back, it uh, we turn our attention to the Snowden Stable and uh, what a, a day for them setting two horses up for a big grand final. the uh, Snowden team plan to uh, head to the Percy Sykes with Paris Dior and the plan came off. She was too good for them. She was and it's a good effort because you know we know how tough it was yesterday and she was first up and uh, she'd had you know she'd been well set up for it and look she was first up at 1200 metres too so a good effort to get a fit. They knew they had to get a fit considering the conditions we've had with the training tracks and whatever. She had a track gallop between races, two hard trials and she dug in deep because Willinga Beast was coming to win, there's no doubt. She had momentum and I thought she'd had the run under the belt, but she rallied. I love the way she she got down low, put the ears back and wanted the win. So I also I also liked how sorry Ronnie, yeah, you I, I loved how um, James used it as um, babysitting Tommy Berry on Lady Laguna was just he had him where he wanted him, he just thought that they weren't gonna sort of fan to land to get through but James ducked back to the inside where a lot of the boys would have been hesitating at that sort of you know the conditions of the track to do that rather than get to the outside but I uh, just thought it was a, a good ride by James you know given all that Tommy tried to tried to snooker him back in behind. Yeah no doubt so look two nice fillies who've got lovely futures and Lady Laguna was much better there and um, and Pantanaro our first up did a, didn't do a bad job there either but two very nice fillies. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Paul Snowden, and it won't be for the first time. You know, we had good confidence in James. He um, he handled it well, pretty much. I didn't like the fact that we went back in, but he knew what he was doing, and that's why we put him on because he's got a, he's building a great association with her, and you know, the job's done today. It's your third win in the Percy Sykes. When did you identify this race for her? Pretty much after um, her, her maiden win at Canterbury. Um, we knew the fact that she probably didn't have too many left in her and wanted, didn't want to go to the, the pressure of a slipper. Not, not the fact that she doesn't have that ability. She does have the immense talent and she would deserve a run in that sort of race. But just where she's fit and how many runs she had in the lead-up to that, something had to give. And uh, we were happy to pull the pin as were the owners and look to this race. And arguably it's a testing ground here today, so you had to have a pretty much well on the money and, and um, thankfully we got the job done. Obviously momentum. It's key and uh, first up I didn't want to 
just be stopping and starting and um, to, to roll into it. She's a, she's a classy filly. She's a big brute of the thing and um, she's got great will to win. As you can see, she's out on her feet the 100 to go, but great uh, will to win there. Brenton Avdala, Willinga Beast. Yeah, she ran great. Good filly. Just probably got beat by one that was a bit more seasons on the day, but I know which one I'd be taking out of the race. Tell me very Lady Laguna. Yeah, she was very gallant in defeat after a tough run, but insane that the first two had us covered. Craig Williams, Pantanario. Yeah, really solid performance from this filly first up on such a heavy track. Didn't relish the ground and still finished off strongly. Tim Clark and North Star Lass. Yeah, she went terrific. You know, it's only her first prep, the second start. Jumped in great and thought she acquitted herself really well. Chad Schofield, Kin. Uh, she had a lovely run following the right horse. She didn't love that ground, but she was brave to box on the way she did. Rachel King, Magic Carpet. Uh, really good run, just wants a bit further. Willie Pike, Dashing Legend. Oh, she tried, but the ground's a bit heavy. Jamie Carr, Ojai. Yeah, really struggled from the word go today. Karen McAvoy, she's a belter. Yeah, didn't settle as well as, well as what I would have liked, so um, she can run better than that next time if she does things right early. Sam Clippard and Swift Sweep. Yeah, just had too much ground to make up. Regan Bayless, uh, Lady Percival. Yeah, she's just lacking a little bit of strength and maturity at the moment. Jay Ford, Jean de Marie. Uh, really struggled. Oh, she's got a very bright future. Um, I think you'll find it'll stack up as it normally does. The Percy Sykes is a good form race, so. Um, She'll have a break now and we'll get her back for the spring, but um, yeah, she's got a, a nice future ahead of her. What sort of distances do you think the horse can get to? Uh, still undecided, but you know she, she could even be a flight stakes type of filly, but um, she'll tell us as we get a bit uh, deeper into the spring. Okay, race number five was the Group 2 Arrowfield Sprint. Horse won uh, by the name of Marzoo. And let's... Uh, oh, that's right, we're going to play the whole race here because it was a field of uh, four. Let's go to the whole... because I didn't see it first time. Here's, uh, here's Marzu winning the Arrowfield. And the four of them are off fan racing here and Marzu hopped out of the gates well but it didn't take in Congo long to muster, go through and join him and put the head in front. Palalia just drop in third and a couple after I am lethal. So they've got gone 200 metres and Berry has in the Congo the favourite in front from Marzu who's under restraint from Clipperton the outside three quarters of a length away. Palali backing up from his third on the TJ last Saturday in a stalking position but he's travelling pretty strongly there Palali and two and a half to am lethal. In the Congo leads at the 650 metres by a half length on Marzu two lengths away to Palali and Stuart, two lengths away to am lethal as they race up to the home turn now and it's in the Congo on the fence Leading narrowly from Marzu as they turn for home. Two lengths away to Paulaley is really revved up as they flatten for the run home. It's in the Congo, the inside of Marzu. Two lengths away to Paulaley, who's only grinding at the moment. Clipperton says, come on, Marzu. Put the head in front from in the Congo. Paulaley, two lengths away, and he can't get there. Marzu's going great guns at the 100. Three quarters in front to in the Congo. And Marzu, welcome to first grade, Marzu. There's another one. Goes on the beat in the Congo. Palali third and a big gap back to I am lethal. I don't want to pick Darren up, but it's welcome to first grade champ. <laughs> okay. It's well he champ. won't get the champ unless he gets the slot and wins. That's there. exactly right. Now <laughs> yeah, let's talk, save that one. <laughs> let's talk about uh, talk about welcome to first grade champ. Give him a slot. Yeah, yeah, why not? He's up and coming. He's four from four now as a gelding. He's turned the corner. You can always come back here and say, oh geez, I wasn't competitive, it was walk and sprint, but Boy, wasn't it a sprint. He was never going to get beat. That that sprint home yeah. sizzled on anything we saw all day there yesterday. Uh, the Phillies in the previous race, 114.44. 
Here they've run 1.14.49 here, similar time. They run 1.14.55 in the last, similar time, but the Phillies come home 37.44. The Sapphire come home 37.62, 35, yeah. When that was, no one was near that yesterday. That just shows you the sprint this horse has got. It's real form. Uh, Second horse comes out of a group one. Third horse running the best race of uh, the sprinters in the land last start. So all that reads well. And you, the race wasn't set up to run fast over all time, but he sizzled home. Yeah. He just let in the Congo. Semi Clippin just allowed in the Congo to take him everywhere he needed to go. Released. But he made his own game. 200, yeah. Yep. It's, it's too good. No, he's a beauty, and I reckon he'll, he's strong. I reckon he can run 1,400. Yeah. Talk, talk about sticking to a plan. He won the Brian Crowley, and when he went out, they gelded him. Yep. And then they've just had this race as a grand final at the Arrowfield. So let's get to the Arrowfield somehow. So they went a benchmark 78, first start as a gelding, then to a fireball, then to a Derby Munro. Didn't, didn't take up the option to go to a Galaxy. No. Mm. Don't go there too soon. Yeah. Go to an Arrowfield. Yep. And, and what's going to happen in the next six months? What's going to happen in the next 18 months? And Two could, and a half years with a horse like this. And the writing was on the wall. I remember we covered the trials that he come back as a gelding. Yes. And we pointed out, well, this is a different horse. Mm. From that first day trial as a gelding, you knew they'd got it on top of him and now they were going to reap the rewards. Mm. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk more about the Everest in a moment after we hear from uh, Paul Snowden. And the man who's doing a great job on top, Sam Clipperton. It's a great relief. Um, this is his stiffest, um, you know, horse he's, he's stepped up against for, for all preparation, really pretty much since he was a three-year-old. So we had to go back to the drawing board, as everyone knows, and get this horse to come back and, and relax and to relax off the tempo that they'll go on there today. They'll dead set walking. But we had a little bit of a plan. We weren't going to let Tommy get out of our out of our sights and just ride him the whole way and just ask for an effort the last furlong and a half, which I think is a superior horse when we get to these testing conditions and, um, you know, we sh that, that shone through in the end. Do you dream big now? Is this next six months going to be uh, a big six months for this horse? Uh, possibly. Yeah, look, he's, he's got that that ability to absorb pressure and um, we all know how, how, how good an asset that can be at the top level, especially one race in particular. So when he can absorb pressure like that and kick off the back of it and respond, um, that's a very good attribute to have. Are there any similarities with the way this horse is coming, coming through with a previous Everest winner you might know? Well, you know, we had to do that to that horse as well. We was going, doing a little bit of things upside down. He got gelded and had to start from scratch and we, we come away with a, a superstar. So, look, he's, he's earning the tag, but he's obviously still not there yet. But um, when he keeps ticking these boxes and picking off the opposition the way he's doing along the way, we're in the right direction. This horse is just incredible, really. Um, full credit to Peter and Paul. Uh, he was, it's well documented he was a rogue. As a colt, uh, always had a stack of ability, but how they've just prepared this horse, they, haven't got, they could have easily gone to the Galaxy and he would have given it a shake, but um, how they've just haven't got ahead of his time, just let the horse um, tell them when he's ready. And look, four horse field today, but it didn't matter because it was all about uh, Paul Elian in the Congo. So they were the horses to beat. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good feeling idling up next to him in the Congo. I was, Mindful of one of Gay and Adrian's, they don't go down with a, out of fight. But um, no, look, I think we've got a serious, uh, serious horse on our hands, and there's a race in October that comes to mind that he, 
that he may just end up in because uh, he's certainly good enough. Tommy Berry in the Congo? Yeah, he was really good. He struggled in that ground. From the 600, I really tried to get a, a break between me and um, Sam, but I looked over, his horse was just cantering through it. So different horses on that ground and the winner's deep into his prep we're only at the start of ours, so he'll be fine. Karen McAvoy, Polaley? He ran well, again. Um, he's a better horse on nicer ground. Hugh Bowman, I am lethal? Uh, it was too wet for him. Yeah, look, it's hard to be disappointed with a horse that's, um, you know, so, so genuine. Um, look, just met a, a horse that was better on the day, um, handled the conditions probably a bit better than us, and, um, you know, it was sort of deep into its campaign. So, um, you know, we weren't able to sort of put the, the break on them that we felt we sort of wanted to or needed to in the run, and um, the horse was just travelling well outside of us and, and, and had us covered. But to his credit, he, he stuck on very well and still didn't sort of throw it in. So, um, he comes through it well. We've still got the option to back him up in the, in the all-age. Um, 1400 could potentially be, be suiting him in the, at this point in his preparation. Um, you know, hopefully we can just sort of see him back on top of the ground soon as well. Maybe in the Congo wouldn't be out of place in an Everest. Paul no. Ailey would have to be. Well, he was he was on the verge of being selected uh, last time. They went with trekking, but you know, Paul Ailey's there. He's got to be one number one seed as yeah. things are for Godolphin. Has to be. And have you noticed how people are? Unwilling when they when they want to put their Everest case over. <laughs> like, that big race. Yeah, that big race. Like I, I was guilty of it when I said to Paul, "Are you daring to dream big?" Does uh, <laughs> he remind you of a, another horse who won a big race in October? In, in the same colours. <laughs> yeah, in the same. Why? And, and even Sam couldn't say it. No. You know, no, it's, it's like it's what like, is it? A jinxing yourself? Well, let's not mention the the big E. The big E. The big e. <laughs> um, what, what price was he now? Was it eleven dollars? I think he's well found now. Um, he hasn't got a slot yet. No, he hasn't got one yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> jumping all over in, him today, though. In, I reckon. In what, Ronnie? Yeah. Yes. A slot in what? <laughs> the big E. <laughs> the, um, in that race. <laughs> the uh, the la let's go to the last. We're all over the place here. We haven't got to race. We haven't even played race one yet. We're playing race ten. Yeah. Uh, race ten. Bella Nipotina in the Sapphire Stakes. Um, Beating Tricky Gal. It was almost a big end of the day for Matt Smith and uh, Bellucci Babe for last race Bjorn. Last race Bjorn became after the last race Bjorn again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just got into a beautiful, you know, stalking position. She was out of a couple of Group 1 races. The 1,200 metres suited her at the right time. And Tricky Gal may have been a little bit unlucky. She just maybe more unlucky because she probably wants 1,400 rather than 12. So what could have been there for Matt? Bellucci Babe, honest again, and uh, Wanda Bar just back from the 1500. She was, she was good. So, yep, a deserved win by by a, a nice, a nice mare. Well, let's go and uh, hear from Kieran Ma, and also that's a lovely shot, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. that is. That, is that the? Um, that's, that's that's, the is that the drone? Is it? Oh, it might be. I don't know. Oh, it was chopper. the chopper? So chopper. the chopper came in at a different angle. Yeah, the, the wind. We must speak to uh, someone about that. The the best shots, and I don't know whether. Well, that's a little... Well, just before I give you too big a rap champ. <laughs> um, Keep your eye on the prize. The best shots for those chopper shots is when you're in inside the track, down a little bit low, watching them from Side an angle on. instead yeah. of directly above, although the stewards like it from directly yeah. above so they can nail as many of those. Don't keep looking at me, Ronnie. I'm out of well, the game the now. I'm not, in that, I'm not in the hot seat anymore. I can't look at Ronnie as if he was a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, too, it's too hard to believe. At least you're, at least you're yeah. still... <laughs> Let's hear... <Give> him time. <laughs> Let's hear from Kieran Maher and James McDonald. Ah, uh, super. Uh, 
James McDonald, uh, he, he looked very happy from the gates. She has been a bit tardy away and slipping and different things like that, and I tried to explain every different scenario to him, but at the end of the day, he's just good. Uh, he had exactly where he wanted to, um, blended into the race, and she looked like she had a good kick, but like everything today, it's hard, it's hard fought. That's uh, so I was saying, it's from the owners. Uh, the jockey, the trainer, everyone had to had to really get raw to get her over the line. But uh, no, Tim Porter's here. It's in his colours. Um, Mick Johnson, Terry, Michael Christensen. He bred the mare. So uh, yeah, it's been a great result. She's been a, a real revelation. I'd imagine it's not over for her yet. She's only had three runs this campaign. No, well, she's group group one place twice. So Adelaide, Sangster might be an option. Queensland's an option for her. She's got plenty of options. Uh, main things. Uh, she won today, and uh, great to get a, a winner on um, championship. So you'll be back next Saturday. There's more Group Ones, more great racing. We certainly will. Can't wait. It's been a great day. Tracks race beautifully, pretty well, considering what, what's happened during the week. So. Uh, it's good to be here competing on the big day. Bluchy, babe, were you always confident on running the horse down? Yeah, I would. I, I was um, from about a furlong home because I could see I was just sitting making ground. And then the last bit, I, I thought we'd have a... She goes really well through the ground and uh, she was just getting there. OK. Uh, Kieran Ma, you like his new style at the hair? Yeah, I'd like to know how much he's playing the stylist as well. Oh, stylist? Well, that's how it looks. Looks like he's got the slim there suits happening there. And, hey? Yeah. I think he got best on ground again yesterday. The suit and Two tie. <laughs> we've got uh, more to come. When we come back after a break, uh, Williamsburg, one that we're going to go all the way back to the first, Williamsburg winning the Fernhill. Uh, the horses that ran first and second, in the uh, Bailey or the Swep of Essence. Uh, Ren won two in the same order yesterday in the opening race, the Fernhill. Yep, and Williamsburg, he sets himself up well. He's won three of his past four and he'll probably go to the Champagne next week. Um, they went out too hard in this race and they, they've absolutely walked home here in about 40 seconds. So that was the start of the day. Uh, Moco, no excuses, every hope, nice filly. Uh, Russian Ronnie, 1,200 or mile, was completely against there. It was about the first two. And the winner, in fact, um, who was just too good for him. He's, he's, a, he's one tough, tough little horse. I think he's a better chase horse as well. Yes. Um, Rosalie got to the front quite early. Um, still managed to, you know, hang on, but I just think he's a better chase horse. Yeah. Those pictures don't actually tell you how bad that track was. No. You're looking at that first race, no. it, it looked beautiful, didn't the it? Time did. yeah, the time did. The time did, yes. Yeah, yes. But, but look, at, look at them getting over that. They're, they're going into it, but like you said before, Corey, no kickback no, or... Yeah, I think they're just getting so deep into it. There's still a, a decent grass coverage yes. on it. Um, but yeah, it was just bottomless. Uh, Gerald Ryan and Karen McAvoy after the race. He's tough. Um, he copped his racing really well. Um, I went over from when Kieran first rode him in a trial early on. He said, oh, no matter what he does, it's a two-year-old. He'll be a better three-year-old. Um, the race at Rose Hill last week and today were the two races we aimed him at. And he's, you know, he's delivered both times. If he comes through his race really good, like he had his last two starts, well, I'd have no hesitation backing him up next week in the Champagne. They were cutting along along the back, and I was sort of chuffed because I thought, well, it's pretty, pretty hard ground to be going this quick along the back and prove right. I 
my horse just relaxed really well and I was able just to take my time having done that last start on him. Um, and he's a nice colt, like he's got a good attitude and, and I think he's going to improve as a three-year-old. And I don't think he's just a wet tracker. So, you know, he's, he's handled it well enough there today, probably better than the others, but um, I'm excited to see where he can end up as, as, a, as an older horse for sure. Okay, there's uh, the market for the champagne. Williamsburger, $9 chance. Odds on Fireburn. Now, it's been 10 years since the Triple Crown was uh, accomplished. That was Piero. But 30 years since a filly did it. Burst. Mm. 30 years. Here's Gary Portelli with an update on Fireburn. Just can't believe how she's come through these runs. She just keeps going to a new level. and um, I'd be too scared to spell her. That's how well she's done since the size. So just can't wait for the next week. She eats up the slop, which is fabulous this autumn. Oh, look, she just loves it. It's been the best autumn for her, no doubt. But uh, she's talking to Gary Crisp, and he said she's, run, she's running at about 118. She's done it twice now, so she's holding a form. She does that again next week. Well, you know, I don't think there's anything to beat her, really. So looking forward to seeing her run out the mile. That's probably the, the question we need to, to answer going forward because, you know, some nice races for her. Um, you know, I, know, I don't want to have much of a spring with her. I, I think that... You've got to watch what history keeps telling us, and that's that horses that go through a slipper campaign, given a normal spring campaign, don't seem to come through it too well. So I'm not going to fall for it. I might just give her one, one run, maybe, in the spring, and then bring her back for the autumn. You know, it's going to be back. <laughs> it rains every Easter, so um, if we've got her in top order like we've got her this year, next year, the prize money's amazing. So we'll have her ready for the autumn. So, you know, just looking forward to, A, seeing she run out a mile, and it opens up a lot of doors for uh, for next season. Then he, then he wants the stand built. <laughs> uh, the next to the wing stand. Uh, here's uh, the South Pacific. This is uh, Valana. Very promising horse. Yeah, nice colt. Uh, he's on his way to better things, there's no doubt about it. He's lightly raced, he was good at Warwick Farm. I know we're working with wet track form and he's probably bred to uh, be a wet tracker, but what he's done in his short career has been pretty good. Uh, no real excuses for Lock Eagle. Um, he seemed to have his chance, whether he just got crowded a little bit early in the race, but he had plenty of time to, to wear down the leaders. Uh, a couple I want to follow are the stable mates here, Ben the Knee and Kota Healy. Uh, the two O'Shea horses, they'll be bet they were both second up on tracks that I thought maybe didn't suit them. If they're, they're the two to follow, if not from the day for me. All right, let's go and hear from uh, James Cummings and Sam Clipperton. He's got class written all over him. Uh, I know Sam Clipperton had a similar opinion of, uh, as me. He got off the horse and said, you know, gee, feels like bivouac when I won on him at Warwick Farm. So um, he's done nothing but improve since that first up run. Uh, we knew he was going to fly in the heavy 10 conditions. He's, a, he's, a, he's another hallowed crown, a little like Colette. You know, you get, they, get, they get to these race meetings and they feel uh, 10 foot tall. And look, he's, uh, he's been feeling like the up-and-comer on the farm and, and he's been training that way. OK, so you're tipping a bright future to come. Oh, look, he's just had something about him for a long time. We were patient with him. We didn't press the button in the spring. And uh, now it looks like uh, having... One during the championships, maybe the Hawkesbury Guineas, maybe even the Queensland Guineas could be on the agenda for him. But he's uh, look, he's a lovely individual, and I think the second horse goes very, very well. So this this form should really stack up. When the gates open, you got to, um, you know, sometimes you got to think for yourself. And um, he jumped well. Um, I sense that we were getting there quite easy, and rather than easing him back for, just for the sake of cover on a testing track, it's better to let the horses just use himself and find a rhythm and. Once he got there, he pricked his ears and uh, it's just a matter of holding him together and um, building his revs up the rise. And look, he's a, a class colt. He's, uh, he's got a very bright future. Um, and I think we'll be seeing him in, in much better races 
than this in, uh, in the spring and even next autumn. Okay, so that was day two of the championships, all aged on Saturday as well uh, as the champagne. And there is the market. So good luck with that, champ. Mm. <laughs> have a, I hope you have a really good week, Ronnie. <laughs> um, now, this uh, race in New South Wales put a lot of uh, time, effort and money into aftercare yep. for thoroughbreds. And this week, you might have missed this, race in New South Wales launches Equimillion. It's a million dollar equestrian event for retired thoroughbred racehorses. Uh, it will showcase the versatility and oh, just don't, just hold off on that in a moment because I want Duff to explain that. That's, um, just hold off on that bit of footage. Come back. Um, the million, they're going to put a million dollars in prize money down for Equimillion and it's going to be distributed across a range of disciplines and classes in the two biggest uh, two day equestrian event ever to be held in uh, New South Wales. It'll include eventing, show jumping, dressage uh, and showing with particular focus on amateur competitors. So ahead of this, they're going to host an auction for recently retired thoroughbred racehorses and those horses who go through the auction will be eligible to compete for a million dollars in this Equimillion. So retired racehorses go through an auction and then an after, uh, a life after racing for them. It'll be interesting so, to see how all that's worked out. So it'll add interest. But, geez, uh, the Easter show this week added a little bit of interest. This young fella, uh, Charlie Magnia. He from the famous Magnia family? From the famous. Have a look at him. He's 13 years old. If he's not part of the horse, Corey, I've never seen a kid that's not. They say they're going to have one of these pony races at Scone over the carnival. Well, I think Charlie will be <laughs> barred. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there might be a ring in. <laughs> have a look at him. What a, if he's not part of a horse and... He's, uh, he's done himself proud winning the Easter Show medal there. I tell you what, he might be just ready in time for the Equimillion too. He, he could well do. So, no, that's a marvellous, uh, marvellous effort from a young man. So that was at the Royal Easter Show? Yep. 13 years old? First prize. First prize in the show jumping? Yep. I reckon we've got to call this Equimillion, you and I. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we've just got to learn what to say. <laughs> we'll bring some um, pims along. And yeah, that's right. But Corey, that I think that's um, that's very exciting, no, it's isn't it? A great it? concept. Like yeah. it is. You know, like um, what can't Mr. Volandis do? He's. Well, uh, got, uh, I reckon he's got a, a great few, concept. A few races up his sleeve <laughs> that he hasn't announced. <laughs> that could be. That can be. Um, that's for sure. Mm. You've just got to wait and see what they are. And that is it. That is 90 minutes. I didn't think we'd get there, but we have. We have. And very well done to you both. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, next week, All Aids and Champagne Stakes, and we'll be back to review it on Thoroughbred Weekly.